I realized that what my passion was, was people, was the Mm -hmm. mind, was thought process. And it was driving me to actually continue learning and not just not, not care and push it to the side. Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive, imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy. But sisters, we are making it happen, even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Taking life for granted was the name of the game. Finding every shortcut in life in order to take the easy way out. Lindsay Willocks is a mother hustler, a mom entrepreneur, stay-at-home mama of two beautiful girls, wife to her best friend, and above all, a believer. Over the last 20 months, she has experienced shifts in her life that have taken her somewhere she's never dreamed possible, a healthier body and a healthier mind. She wasn't always physically unhealthy. In fact, she played collegiate volleyball at the University of Hawaii at Hilo and was in peak physical condition. She was living a lifestyle of mindless indulgences, but having the metabolism and the work ethic to stay healthy. Unfortunately, it was only physical health and not spiritual or emotional health. Just under two years ago, she looked at her two girls and realized that she was missing out on the most important years of their lives. She decided that enough was enough. Thankfully, she was introduced to a community of people who have guided her in shifting her mindset and subsequently her priorities. She lost a whopping 53 pounds that eventually led her to find her purpose in helping others achieve youthful mental and physical wellness. Along this journey, she has also accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. She has become a believer, have been saved and baptized all within the last six months. She now knows what it's like to help others and bring light to other people's lives. Mother Hustlers, please help me in welcoming the Mother Hustler, Mothering the World, this week, my good friend and health and fitness coach, Lindsay Willocks. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Kareen Mills, and I'm your host of Being Mother Hustler podcast. We are fortunate today, my really good friend here locally in Vancouver, Washington, Lindsay. Welcome to the pod, Lindsay. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Kareem. I had lunch with you and your husband, uh, Paul, the other two weeks, three weeks, maybe even four. I don't know. It's, you know, time flies really fast when you're having so much fun. And I know you guys have so much fun with your daughters and I just want to say I have been really excited to hear your story because Paul kind of gave me a, a really uh, good teaser to hear your story. And I'm like, hey, you know what? How about I hear your story with the rest of the world? Yes, thank you. It's so much fun. I'm excited to share it with you. It's been quite a journey over the last 
oh, I'd say 20 months even of my life, just total 180 from what it used to be. So I'm excited. I to- love it. I love that I captured our friendship around the the time that you are transforming not only yourself because i see your personal transformation but also your entire family and influencing your husbands and i always say we women and wives we just you know if we nag it doesn't work but when we just focus on ourselves and our children it influences our husband to do better i think it shames them into doing you know the things that we're doing and it's not for a, for a purpose, but it just works, right? Yep, yep, it's, it's deciding that it's not going to be because of someone else that you're going to change. It's deciding, you know what, if I can commit and make changes, then I'm gonna inspire the people around me and they're going to wanna to do better for themselves too, not for anybody else but themselves. Yeah, and it, that includes the people we love that are really, really close to us. So hold that thought because that's something that I actually love talking about, but I want to kickstart our episode here with your childhood because I have interviewed so many people from every walks of life and, you know, from thought leaders to unsung heroes to moms like yourself, who is just doing their best and, you know, doing your best and your best is really amazing. And so there's a ton of correlation um, just doing this podcast, learning from um, human nature and humanity in general that our childhood has so much to do with our adulthood. So take us through and then take us through it until around young adulthood. So I grew up in a tiny town on the coast. I grew up in Seaside, Oregon. So little hometown where everybody knows your face, everybody knows your parents. There wasn't a lot of wiggle room to be independent. Uh, My parents divorced when I was nine years old. So up until then, it was kind of like everybody knows your name. I have three sisters. I'm the youngest of four girls and we're all just right in a row. We were freshman, sophomore, junior, senior in high school. So we always had a really close relationship and had that community around us. Um, And when my parents separated, I ended up living with my mom, with my older sister, and then my other two sisters went and lived with my dad. And so that was an experience where I became very independent at a young age because I felt like my mom was working really hard to support us. Um, Two jobs, she worked for the school and then she worked serving tables at night. And so as a young kid growing up, I felt very loved, but very independent in opportunity to make my own choices very young. And thankfully, I had parents who instilled in me sort of kind of different views in lifestyles. My mom grew up military brat, you know, had the structure, had that discipline, and always showed us her love in having structure. And where my dad, the way he shared love was more physical hugging, I love you. I mean, I grew up saying I love you to my sisters and hugging them goodbye. And that isn't always the case in some households. And I just thought it was normal to have that Mm -hmm. type of close loving relationship with your family. And so I, I gleaned a lot from my dad, a lot of the fun side of you only live once. You have to, if you want something, you have to go out and get it. Nobody's going to hand anything to you. You have to work hard. He was a business owner, worked, you know, every day that I can remember, but made a priority for his family and said, you know what? I'm going to be at all your games. Both of my parents made it to every volleyball game I ever had. And so they instilled in me from the beginning, the idea that family came first, that you're going to have challenges in life and not everything is going to look like this storybook. But if you Mm -hmm. just take a deep breath and take it one day at a time, and just always remember that your family's got your back, that you will be okay. And so as a teenager, I was a little rebellious. I think that I was the the toughest of us four girls to try to raise because I'm very independent naturally anyway. And so I was the one getting in trouble and sneaking out and, and being, and I, laugh now that I have two daughters. I think God is a very funny person because he he knew that I needed to have a little taste of my own medicine and gave me daughters. And so I, I was an athlete in high school and thankfully that afforded me 
the discipline, the structure that I really thrive in and having that requirement of being doing well in school, being on time for things, having that community, that team around me just helped me to thrive in, in my early child, in my early, you know, development of becoming a young adult. Wow. So even through the divorce of your parents, they were still like making all four girls as a center of their attention, no matter what issues they have, were they able to set aside their differences? And yes, it's like you said, it's not perfect, whether you're divorced or married, it doesn't matter, right? So were they able to overcome the tough times of their divorce? And even with you and your sisters, you know, it's got to be tough at nine years old. And I don't know how old you were. You Did you say you were the oldest? I'm the youngest. The youngest. So, we're, so we're 9, 10, 11, 12, right, right there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Every single year. <laughs> Mama's busy. Yes. My mom is a saint. <laughs> wow. Okay. All girls. Yeah. So how, how was the dynamic after the divorce? Was it still the same or similar? Or were they trying to just keep it all? They did their best. I think that they both had to take some time to repair some things that had gone on between the two of them before it could be cordial, I guess, you know, we weren't having family dinners still like we are now. It took a little bit of time for them to be able to be okay, but it would never felt like one was pitting us against the other. It was never in an unhealthy place where it was, someone is the enemy. We always foundationally, it was your dad loves you. Your mom loves you. We love each other. It's just in a different way. You girls are our world. And it just made sure that we were okay and understood that there are, it's not going to look like the storybook, but it, yeah. it's still love and it's still family. It's a different version of love. Yeah. Love, love has different version. Right. And so it was a love that, you know, that was available for all of you and you all made it work. So I really, appreciate that story because for a lot of people that story doesn't always end well you know like you said no, there was there was no enemy everybody was still a unit because you guys were their center of attention so kudos to your parents yeah yes and as, a, as an adult who is married and with children and understanding how difficult relationships are now mm -hmm. you look back and you think to have been going through what they were going through and still ultimately putting our needs above everything else. Like what a selfless place to be in. So thanks. Wow. Mom and Dad. <laughs> really. What um, advice can you give? Because, you know, we're, we now have our own family, adult life, um, being parents. What advice can you give? Because that's very rare, you know, being the child watching all that unfold and turning it into a more positive to people that are going through divorce who might be listening? I think that a big piece of it for me, because I was always very intelligent, like communication in a real way and not just ignoring it or saying, oh, they're too young to understand. I think that isolating a child and not really, ex I mean, obviously details, but just explaining that the next step and always knowing what the next step would look like and not just be floating and not having any idea of what was gonna happen. I think my parents did a great job of allowing us to kind of peek in and understand, okay, this is the next step and mm -hmm. this is what's gonna happen next. And we did um, family counseling where it was an opportunity to talk to someone that was outside of our family. We did individual sessions as well as family sessions and individual with a parent. And I think that was probably at nine years old, one of the most amazing things my parents did for me was wow. to allow me to express what I was feeling and not just expect me to, to be okay. And now mm -hmm. as an adult, I was a psych major in college. I love the idea of allowing those feelings to happen and not necessarily shutting them down just because they don't make other people comfortable. It's, it's okay to help your child express what they're feeling and give them an outlet. And I think that having that counseling when I was right there in the thick of it as a young person 
was a game changer for how I ended up ultimately dealing with it and coming to helping, having a little bit of closure with it all, even as an adult. Yeah, I think I remember when I was a, uh, you know, a kid, I was always told to shut up, you know, and, and I talked a lot. So it, I was kind of annoying, annoying kid. But I still do talk a lot. And every time I get my report card in school, it always has that note from the teacher. She's smart. She's intelligent. She's this, she's that, but she talks a lot. (laughs) So I feel like when we are told that you're just a child and that your opinion doesn't really matter or you're, you don't have, I feel like that's such a pure opinion. And for me, I, always try and I say this that my best advisors in life are my children because they have no filter they have you know they tell you they tell you what they're thinking and if you allow them a space to be that way I think like you said it will be a game changer for the children while raising them to allow them to speak up and you know, question authority. And I, you know, with me, even, even when someone would tell me like to, to hush, I would still question it. You know, I'd still push back and question it. Remember, you know, that not everything that an adult told me, I always thought in my, in my head, like, no, you're not right. You're wrong. And this is why I think you're wrong and allowing those children I think is so powerful because I feel like that suppresses a lot of their emotions if you do that. Yeah, I think we, it's funny that we put kids in this box or this bubble, like they're not allowed to be human beings. I mean, just because they're small, they're supposed to sit still, be quiet, you know, and and we put all these expectations on them and then we step back and look at our own lives and we don't put ourselves in, under that kind of scrutiny and we end up trying to make these perfect little angels and we don't realize that what we're doing is dampering the person that they are inside and their ability to question things. When you're an adult, if somebody just sits back and just says yes all the time, that's not a person that we value. It's, and yet a child is expected to just t- take what we give them and smile and not talk back at it. And I think as a kid, getting the opportunity to express myself and it's helped me as a parent tenfold. Yeah. Not, not only have the discipline and the structure for my children, but also be able to verbalize and explain why this is why mommy and daddy are saying no to this and allowing them to understand why and not just because I said so. Yeah. So do you guys have non-negotiables for mom and dad? that you communicate to your children to let them know that these things are important to them or to you guys? Absolutely. Um, Paul and I, thankfully, we are friends first and foremost. And so we've been together for 15 years and before we had kids, we really talked about what our expectations were as parents. Now you can plan and plan and plan and then the time really comes and it doesn't always go exactly how you thought it would. But Paul and I understand that having, having a set, something set helps a child to understand where the line is. That's not to say they're not going to cross the line and not to say that we don't expect them to, but to know that, you know what, there are going to be boundaries in life and mom and dad set boundaries with respect, with, you know, the way that you speak to people, the way you speak to each other, the way you treat mm-hmm. people, the, ba- the basics or what we would call basics, you would think of just being a good human. Yeah, it's so true. So you talk about being major in uh, psychology in college, and I, I had a major in accounting and business, but psychology was one of my favorite classes that I went to because I'm such a creator in my mind. And it always gave me that. I always say that the, my favorite wonder of the world is the eighth wonder, which is me wondering about so many things, right? So because I question everything. And so psychology really, really took, like, took 
my creativity out and made me imagine so many things. And also it allowed me to not like, I love people watching, right. But, but even like study different people because of the little tiny window that I went to classes in psychology that really made an impact with me. So why psychology for you? Why did you major in that? And where did you go to school? You pretty much hit the nail on the head of why I majored in it. It was the fact that people fascinate me, that you, yeah. could, you could meet a different kind of person every single day for the rest of your life and never meet the same person twice. Like that just trips me out. I wanted to learn about how people think, why they think. I mean, I was always into like the crime dramas and the, and the cop shows and understanding the mind. Yes, of forensics. Yes, who maybe didn't make sense to me and I didn't understand. And then going through um, just the first preliminary years, it was it was mostly my interest in kids. I wanted mm -hmm. to go into elementary education and learn more about how as a as an educator can I impact these children and still let them be themselves. It was the idea of finding a way to communicate with all different kinds of people and the way they think and starting from when they're small so that you can make an impact and help them develop who they are at mm -hmm. that level. Um, and I went through two years at a junior college in, in Salem, Oregon and played volleyball um, on scholarship. And then after my two years were up there, I kind of thought, 19 years old, where do I want to go? I can pretty much go anywhere. And so I sent out a DVD out to the big island of Hawaii and went, um, got accepted on a scholarship to the University of Hawaii at Hilo. And wow. when I transferred, because their system apparently is so much different than what I went through um, at the junior college that none of my college credits transferred. What? So I was starting over, I think maybe three of them transferred after two full years of uh, uh, kind of associates classes, the, the beginner stuff. And I transferred in basically starting over and I was like, okay, well, maybe this is the opportunity to try something new. And so for the first semester I was there, I switched my major to business. And it was the first time I ever received an F <laughs> because I had no interest. I realized yep. that what my passion was, was people, was the mm -hmm. mind, was thought process. And it was driving me to actually continue learning and not just not, not care and push it to the side. So it was kind of funny to get all the way through school, you know, being someone who prided herself on good grades and, and staying eligible for her athletics. And then I get an F it was, it was <laughs> funny, but yeah, that was, uh, that was my experience in college was it, it opened my eyes to, there's so much in this world that I have not, no idea about. Yeah. It's a mind bending class. Um, it's, it's a lot of mind bending thought process. And I I think that the most interesting professors in college are our psychology professors. They are, like you said, they trip, they trip you up. It's trippy. <laughs> so that's how you got to Hawaii. I was going to ask you, that was like one of my questions. How'd you get to Hawaii? Cause I know you guys used to live in Hawaii, right? Yeah, we lived on the big island. My husband, Paul, he is from Hilo, Hawaii. He okay. was adopted when he was nine months old out of Korea and his family lived in Hawaii. And so he grew up on the big island and then actually went to college in San Diego for four or five years. And when he came back, it was that summer that I moved over on my volleyball scholarship. And we actually met just three days into me being on the island on this little rock in the middle of the ocean we crossed paths and have, you know, just immediately clicked. We were really good friends just for, you know, about six months while I was there. And it was, it was a lot of fun to feel like wow. you have met someone that is your best friend that quickly. Yeah. Wow. That's in the middle of the ocean on yeah. a rock. <laughs> that is so romantic. I like to tell people don't, don't hesitate to leave your bubble. I'm like, I had to travel 5,000 miles to find my person. I'm like, so maybe your person is waiting for you, but somewhere you never yes. expected. Okay. This is very psychological. Let's talk about that. 
because I always talk about, you know, that was a pull for you. You were being pulled <laughs> to that direction. And when I say psychological, I talk, you know, I mean like the universe, all these mind bending stuff. Um, I talk a lot about like, if I am called to go somewhere or to do something, I know for me, I call it my future talking to me and inviting me into my future, right? And if you like cut that noise or cut the cord or whatever it is that you're connected to that calling, because, you know, I know we talk about the purpose and the calling, but I feel like every day I'm being called to do something. Those little nudge. Talk about that because you say like when people are, are being pulled to something and people just fight it. You know, I always say flow, not force, because when we fight these things, it's like, it's, that's not how you're supposed to deal with it. And I I like that. Yeah. And I know it's hard to understand, right? Yes. Yeah. That's good. It, it is amazing. I grew up in a beach town. Like I need the ocean. That's just who I am. And it was always in the back of my mind, wouldn't Hawaii be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to just go to the beach and get in the water? Because if you've ever been to the Oregon coast, yeah, it's freezing. <laughs> Even in the middle of July, the water is not like get in and swim and float. Oh, and yeah. So I always had this thought of, wouldn't it be nice to be somewhere warm and sunny? I never had been to Hawaii before. I we were not a family who could afford to take trips like that. And it was just on a whim, like, where do I want to be? And Uh, on a beach. I want to be on a beach. And after I received my scholarship, I went through the summer living in Portland and 17 days before I was to leave on my scholarship, I was driving in downtown Portland and driving through an intersection. And I look up and I see a red light and I look to my left and I immediately T-boned by another car. And thankfully it was a small car, not a beer truck. Cause oh I think I would have been dead if it had been a beer truck, but driving through downtown Portland, you know, there's all these one ways. And I was looking ahead to look for a sign to get on the freeway. And I look up and the tree was kind of overhanging the light. And so I couldn't see it. And wow. so thankfully I didn't have a scratch on me, but if I had broken my collarbone, if I had dislocated my shoulder, I mean, if I had had a concussion, the likelihood of me going to Hawaii on that scholarship would have disappeared in a split second. Wow. So just for everything, even in that instance, to line up for me to still go and for me to have met my husband, my best friend, my soulmate, what it was just had to be this string of events that led me there. Wow. But that that could have stopped you though. You know, you could have you could have said, you know, maybe that was a sign for me because we, we make everything so complicated <laughs> when it's like life is not easy, but it's also not as complicated as we make it. Right. Right. So what is it that you think as a parent, you carry with you all the time that you learned just one thing that you learned from your mother And one thing you learned from your dad that you know you use it for your children as a parent, as a mom. Well, it's funny because it's kind of the same thing from both of them, as different as they are. I'm going to get choked up, but they they just bottom line taught me how to love, to be accepting of love, to be able to give love, to be able to express love. And if nothing else, I... For my children every day, I want them to be able to close their eyes at night and go, even if mommy yells, even if mommy's busy working, I know she loves me. And they both growing up expressed their love to me in every way, shape imaginable. And that's something that I will will always be grateful for from them and that I will always share with my kids. Now, Paul's parents, they were not the lovey-dovey parents. Of course, they loved him with every fiber of their being. They're his parents, but he said he could count how many times his father told him he loved him on one hand. And that 
coming into our family and seeing me hug my sisters and tell them I love them and kiss my dad and hug him and tell him I love him. He just is like, you guys say I love you an awful lot. And, and it was just like, really? It doesn't, I didn't realize it was any more than anyone else. But what he said is that it just warmed his heart. I mean, and then he started telling my family that he loved him and he started telling his mom that he loved and his dad that he loved him. And just, he said it felt so good to let it out and not to feel ashamed like that was. Yeah, it's a taboo in our culture. Um, Not in a bad way, but we just never used to do that. But now like for me being, you know, the spiritual being that I've become, I just, you know, give it away all the time. And I know they say you have to say it when you mean it, but I'm like, yeah, but I mean it every time, you know, it's, it's, um, (laughs) now I tell it to my mom. And at first it was really the most awkward thing. And like, there's something in me that just didn't not feel good, but didn't, was kind of bothered by it. And then the more you do it, the more it becomes just, you know, routine. And I think a lot of, I'm not sure if Paul was um, adopted by an Asian family, but I think a lot of Asian culture has the same issue with saying the three letter word, I love you, you know? Yeah, his parents are from the East Coast originally um, and, and very, it just wasn't part of their growing up either. It's kind of that generational thing that we're trying to break the chains of how that was for him, you know, and, and his parents now, his father's passed, but his mom now appreciates how expressive he is with his love. And yeah. she, you know, she hugs him and just says, don't think I ever didn't not love you. Of course I loved you. It was just, we just weren't raised that way. Wow. And she says that to him now? Yeah. And her mom passed away when she was 13. So she became the woman of the household very young with her brother and her dad and was just expected to have all these responsibilities. And so she, she had a hardened heart very early in her life to the fluffier, the smushier things in life. Right. Wow. And it was like, there wasn't a place for it because she had to be hard and take care of her family. Wow. And so it, it just makes, I can tell that it just makes her light up to he, see her son squeezing and loving on her, his girls and, and just treating them like princesses, knowing that they deserve to have that love and that, that type of affection. Like they should be treated as yeah. princesses. That's right. Teach right? them how a man, yeah, exactly. Teach them how a man and a woman should love each other and express their love and a father to a daughter. It's, it's been beautiful to watch that relationship. That's so cool. So I want to dive deep into the last 20 months of your life because um, I'm really excited to hear a lot about the details of it. I know I've seen some of your transformational uh, posts on your social media, mostly on Facebook, and it's very, very impressive for both of you and Paul, not just yourself, but I think the most apparent transformation that I see is not just the physical. It's more of like your being, like the things that is, is visible, but it's, it's not physically visible, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that's how it feels. It started out as a physical transformational journey and has just turned into an overall uh, overhaul of my whole life. So backing up to when I was 19 and playing volleyball and physically active and fit, right? Great metabolism, you're 19 years old. Nothing, you can eat everything and and not be uh, out of shape one bit and then stop training. And Paul and I call it the fat and happy years. We would enjoy each other with, celebrations using food and we got into a really unhealthy pattern of not taking care of ourselves and thinking that living la vida loca the crazy life the wild life of not caring was the good life and truly well now that we look back and where we are we realize that how unhappy we actually were and how it was a, a lot of emotional eating a lot of 
band-aids on a bullet wound. Yeah. And so we had kids, my daughter's going to be seven here in June, and they are the inspiration for all of this. They are the reason that we just had to look at one another and go, we are not satisfied with this life. We did not have kids to just watch from the sidelines, be too tired to get involved and engage and play soccer at the park or pick them up and chase them around the living room and play. We were just exhausted all the time. And so Paul and I had kind of leaned into each other and tried all the things, right? The fad diets yep. and the apps and did all right. We were successful for a little while. And then it, we just always went back to the, the bad habits that we created over a lifetime. And it was about 20 months ago that a family member of ours walks into a barbecue and is just beaming, just glowing. He had lost weight. He looked so happy. And we just went straight up to him and we're like, what are you doing and how do we get that? Because really wow. it wasn't necessarily that he had lost weight. Truly it was that he was glowing. The yeah. energy, the smile. I'd never seen him smile like that. He had a spark around him. Just glowing. And we looked at each other and just said, whatever we have to do, babe, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want. And it's actually um, completely saved our lives. Um, we followed up a program that helps us learn about our daily habits, our choices. It helps us to learn about education and nutrition so that we're learning about real life situations so that we aren't just following one fad or the next. We're actually able to live a normal, sustainable, healthy lifestyle. But truly, mm. the changes have all come within our hearts and within our minds and learning more about our own what the excuses that we created, the habits we created over a lifetime and how to, how to s solve those problems. And thankfully we don't do it alone. We have health coaches and we have a huge community. And that was another piece that we were missing when we were trying to do things by ourselves was the community. I mean, yeah. you know, Kareen, that having like-minded uplifting people around you, when you can set aside the negative relationships that were only trying to pull you back into the darkness yep. and you focus on the people who bring light into your life, you are lifted up. And we have found a community of people that just lift us on the daily, even when you have a hard day. It's not about perfection. It's about being consistent in the choices you make so that every day you're building that life that you see when you close your eyes. And so Paul and I both had physical transformations. I was able to lose 53 pounds in 14 weeks and he lost Dang, 40, 41 pounds, thank you, in the same amount of time. And now that's been almost two years ago and we've kept it off because what we changed wasn't just what we were eating. What we changed is how we viewed how we were living and the decisions we were making and the life that we wanted. We got down to the nitty gritty of this is not who we want to be. How do we become the people that we wanna be? And so after just a week, uh, uh, following our program, I decided to pay this gift forward. And I was like, okay, I don't know all the answers. I'm not even sure how, but I know enough people in my life that are living without hope, that have yeah. no clue how they're going to turn around from where they are. And I know that what I have just found is going to impact their whole life and generations to come. It's not just simply going to change their life, but it's going to impact their spouse, their kids, their grandkids, because their life will change. And so over the last 20 months, I've been able to help over 250 people turn their life around and shift the way they view how they make choices every day so that they get to build this dream life that didn't seem possible before. Yeah. So out of the 200 people that you and Paul help, is that just you or both of you and Paul? Um, it's just me. And Paul is just a relationship creator. He is just a light out in the community that, that brings people into my business. We, we work together in, in just being a community for people, but it's truly just myself doing the coaching side of it. But both of you are lights, not just Paul. Yes. So thanks. you know, yeah, <laughs> it's just a great partnership to watch and I really enjoy watching both of you. Thanks. So out of the 200 people that you've helped, 
I know that it's probably all your favorite story, but whose story aside from yours? And you don't have to say names. Um, you can describe the whole story and how has it transformed his or her life and why is it your favorite? So I immediately know who to share. Um, we helped five brothers change their life. So one brother came to me and said, I don't know that I necessarily need what you do, but I know that my brothers do. And if they continue on the path that they're on, I'm going to lose them. And they're my favorite people on this planet and I don't wanna lose them. So I'm willing to reach out to you and to learn a little bit more about what you do so that I can help my family. So Paul and I got the opportunity to go to their home and sit around with, with the five brothers and their mom and dad and actually their niece and just get to share what our program offers for people and how it can help. And all five of them signed up that night. Wow. It, we walked to, out to of be coaches home or to be a client to join our program as clients and try That's to amazing. shift their health. Yes. From kind of stuck to, thriving. And Were they overweight at all? Yeah. Three, three out of the five of them were using, um, like walking sticks or, a, or, um, wow. or, uh, walkers in order to move around because of their size, not necessarily because of any other physical ailment. One of the brothers had really bad knees and so would just sit and couldn't physically move and had to use crutches when walking because of their size. And so it was debilitating for them to be where they were. And they had, as a family, tried all, you know, all the things. They tried all the diets and nothing ever really worked permanently. And we just sat around with them and learned a little bit more about what their goals were and really heard about, you know, their, what their fears were and changing and why it was something that was important to them. And they all just, it was so heartwarming to just hear, we just want to be together. We just want to know that we're not going to get a phone call that we all dread one night because wow. we know we're headed somewhere that, that is leading that way. And so Paul and I left that night and we just looked at each other and hugged and cried and said we just impacted that whole family and however many generations to come because they they're go we're going to save their lives literally and so over the next year four out of the five brothers so one of the brothers wasn't necessarily in a weight loss the, the gentleman who came to me he just needed to create some healthier habits and he actually quit smoking utilizing the tools of our program because it's the same idea of putting the reason why you want to change above everything else and you're able to make choices that you never thought possible be when you focus on what is most important and so four out of the five brothers lost three of them lost 80 plus pounds and no longer use assistance. The one each brother. Had, them. Yes, each. Wow. 80 pounds each plus. So some were at right around 80, some were a little bit higher. Where one of the brothers who just took it and ran lost 170 pounds. Wow. Double. Wow. More he than double. He started above 400. He was at about 430. And after his first week, I got on a phone call with him and he was crying. And he said to me, Linz, I never thought that I would see the scale below 400 again. I was at the point where I was sure that my family was going to have to buy a custom casket, that I was gonna have to have two grape plots because I was going to die and need and not be here anymore. How, he said, how old are these people? In their 50s. Wow. Wow. That goes to show that it's never too late if you make Absolutely the decision, not. right? That's right. Yep. And he called me crying and just said, I'm 10 pounds away from being under 400. This has changed my life. Thank you so much. You know, thanking me. And I, I, I said, you are doing this. You're doing it. I've handed you the tools, but you're doing this. You're in control. And over the last year, he's lost 170 pounds. 
He's literally half the man that he used to be. He's on the floor with his new grandbaby. He's helped remodel his, his daughter's house. He is just thriving in his life. And his brothers are doing the same. They've all transitioned into healthy eating, healthy lifestyles, where they're moving forward in their health and cooking healthy meals for themselves. In fact, I spoke with the mom at Christmas time, and she just said, Linz, you would just not believe it. When we went to have this gathering before they started, they put out what they thought were healthy snacks, because it's kind of that someone who knows what they're doing is coming over and we would normally have chips and all this unhealthy stuff. And they put out, you know, things that they thought were healthy. And she said, you would not believe what our Christmas spread looked like this year. She was like, it was all lean and green, which is how we teach our clients to cook proper portions as lean protein and green veggies and healthy fats. Everything was lean and green. She says the whole family was eating healthy and they didn't even know it. It was so wonderful for all of us to get together and be able to celebrate and not have it just be about food. The mind, they'd shifted their mind and understood that if we continue in the habits that we were in, we will continue the lifestyle we have. We have to change our mindset in order to change everything. That's beautiful story, I love it. And their love for each other was so strong and and that's like, that's like your right up your alley. Yeah. But on top of that, they love their love was so strong enough that they had to all change together. Like they're their own little community. Super powerful story. And since then they have inspired, I, I mean, a handful of people that have said, Hey, I saw the so-and-so brothers. They look like they're doing amazing. I have to know what they're doing. And so they send them to me and I have helped a handful of people that are just within their circle that I've never personally met because their changes are so visible. Like my, my coach and the, when he walked in the room, it was like, wow, I want that. Tell me how to get that. So you are your own walking marketing, right? It's a, it's a lot easier to have that brand just to be yourself. (laughs) and not have to like pretend like you're someone else to try and attract people. Um, It's definitely attraction marketing at its finest. So kudos to you. And uh, I'm so glad I met you. That's a beautiful story. Thank you. And what I love is that I just get to be me. Like you said, I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not. I just live the way that I feel out loud on my social media and, and people see it and say, I want that. How do I get that? What what am I, what what are you doing? I'm I'm not going out of my way to look special or look happy. I'm just living. And not every day is perfect, just like the real world. But every day I wake up and I go, I have a purpose. Somebody, there is someone out there today that if I decide to not share this gift, they're waiting for me. There is someone waiting for me right now that I don't even know about yet. Yeah. And that drives me every day to just wake up excited. Like I've got to live this because who, who am I going to impact? Like when I started, I wanted to just make a few hundred dollars to pay for, you know, whatever house bills. And now I contribute mortgage. Now we have a savings. Now we have a travel fund. Like the, the, it wasn't about the money. And I think that's why it continues to be fun is because I would do this for free but I don't have to, I get paid, but I love the way I feel when people really wake up to the idea that this is possible. This is possible for me. Yeah. You're not just changing your, your own life, but through your, through your transformation, you're changing other people's lives. And the best part is the best part of the story was when you and Paul hugged because it's bettering your marriage. You know, it's, it's like a trickle down effect. So before I found this program, I was very sad and very lonely and I had to really keep that to myself. I can't imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't let it out because I had this perfect picture and it was almost like I would be judged because, well, what do you have to be sad about? 
you have a perfect marriage, you have perfect kids, you're a stay-at-home mom, like what, what exactly do you have to complain about? And so I would just keep it to myself. But inside, it was, I'm not enough, I have no purpose, I have no friends, you know, the things that you tell yourself, the stories you make up in your head. And I was on the verge of seeing a doctor about antidepressants because I knew something was wrong because there's no way that I should feel this way when I quote unquote have it all. And now that I look back, I just see that what was happening is I, my body was so sick from not taking care of myself, not prioritizing my yes. health, not prioritizing my spiritual well-being, my emotional well-being. I wasn't taking care of me. I was giving it all away. Yeah. And what I've learned to do is fill my cup first. Like pour into myself so that what I give to everyone else is just overflowing from my cup that I can't mm -hmm. even stop it. If I tried, it's going to get on you. Look out because yeah. before it was whatever was dripping out of the bottom. There was nothing left for anyone else. Yeah. You are the bottom feeder of your own cup and that's mm -hmm. not a good feeling to be in. I, I mean, we've all been there and it takes a journey to really understand that in order for you to show up, so brightly for people, including your own children, is that you do have to fill your own cup. And it can feel like, um, especially moms, because we don't want to be selfish to our children, it could feel that way and transition into the mom guilt syndrome. But I can tell you that when you fill your own cup, you show up for your kids, like, like I don't know, nobody else, you know, like it's amazing what version shows up for your kids. And I think it was about six weeks into our program that I was playing on the floor with Olivia and she looks right at me and she says, mom, I love it when you're healthy because you smile more. Wow. And like, oh, and I find that I, I don't lose my temper as quickly. I'm more patient. I'm happier. And it is really because the chemistry, the physical chemistry of your body, you're, yep. you're, it's like a machine. You're just running on empty. How do you expect this machine to run at full, full throttle when you're barely giving it enough to just stay on, let alone function? And so it's amazing that happiness can be a side effect of being healthy. Happiness truly is a side effect of taking care of yourself. You, you, your body's working way less overtime when you're giving it what it needs. Yeah, I call it your body is burning clean energy. It's super clean, right? And it obviously when you have like, you know how when you have the LA smog, right? <laughs> and so the cars are, are running on clean energy and it, literally dirts the environment. And that's like the environment around you, including your husband, your kids, you become short fused when you are not healthy. Like you said, if you're running on empty or almost empty, it's easy. It, it explains it a lot that you're short fused, right? It certainly does. And I think that another piece of the puzzle was purpose mm -hmm. before. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, mother hustler, raising my daughters is very important to me, but it wasn't as fulfilling as I expected it to be. Anyone growing up asked me what you want to be when you grow up, the answer was always a stay-at-home mom. I want to raise my children. And when I was in the midst of it, very unhealthy, it was not what I thought it was going to be. I was very lost. And yes. I am now having purpose in helping other people realize, hey, Making you a priority is not taking away from your family. You're actually giving them the best version of you. Wouldn't, don't, wouldn't you rather that? Give them the best version of you? Don't they deserve so that? It's so, so true. true. And I was giving my kids and my husband just the leftovers. And now yep. they get the best of me and I get the best of me. I yeah. get to go to sleep head on the pillow at night and go, I made an impact in my life. I made an impact in someone else's life. And today there was a purpose for today. Yeah. Um, not to get sidetracked, but I remember Tony, my, my prior to the episode that we released today said that when, when you ask what your purpose is and a lot of moms say my children, 
And he says, that's a bunch of BS. <laughs> he <laughs> that said is that. what I used to say because I didn't feel like there was anything else. Yeah. But, you know, it's a great part of your purpose. And I always say they are definitely part of my purpose because they matter to me, but they are not a hundred percent my purpose. Yes. You know, they're part of it, but I also want to raise them so they can create their own purpose in a way that impacts a lot of people, not just being a parent. That's right. So, and not to accept what society says should be your purpose or, or have people tell you that your dreams are silly. Yes. It's, it's amazing how when a child is small and we tell them, read them books and say, oh, you could be a princess or you can be an astronaut. And then they get into elementary school or whatever. And we start saying, oh yeah, only, you know, only about a hundred people get accepted to the, the like, wait, what happened to you can be anything you want to be. And yeah. I think as adults, we just, I'm going to be whatever, whatever I can be in this little box, whatever they tell me I'm going to be capable of doing. And that's why dream boards and vision boards are so much fun because it's like, nobody's in control of that, but you and your heart and your future and your dreams. And that's not to say that every vision board comes true, but the percentage of people who create those vision boards and actually can check off things that are listed is incredible. It's incredible because you believe that it's true, that it really can be, and not just a figment. You've yeah, created it as something tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Not just in your imagination, but even when you imagine it, it's already happened because our brain doesn't know the difference, right? Of what happens in real world and what happens in our mind. The mind is oh, so super powerful. It, it's scary. It can be really scary because it's so powerful. That's why I'm having so much fun because, you know, before I started the podcast, I swear I was such not a a tech savvy person. And I always say, Oh, I can do that. You know, I'm, but, but I think I just repeated people's other people's noise. That wasn't the noise that I created for myself because now being able to discover who I really am and what I'm capable of, it's like, okay, great. What else can I do? <laughs> Amen. And I, my, so my health journey sparked this belief in myself, like, I'm doing this. I can do this. I, what, what else have I been Who telling am I? I do? <laughs> Like, what else have I been saying? No, no, that's not you. You can't do that. Just out the gate. And it's like some overcoming something like, um, having an addiction to sugar or having an addiction to food or emotional eating that feels very overwhelming when you ask someone to change. But if you, once you get a grasp on it, you start the mind starts racing. So that's why I always say our program is a personal development program disguised as a health and wellness program. Because we, most people reach out to us because of our shocking transformational pictures, thousands of people that have changed physically on the outside. But when you dive in and you experience what it really takes underneath and how you can be handed tools that will translate into all of your life, like you start to just, these little bubbles of dreams start to grow, yeah. and grow and grow. And you're like, whoa, this is no longer about losing 20 pounds. This nope. is about conquering the world. Do I love my job? Am I happy where I live? Am I happy in my marriage? Yep. Do I like my friends? Like I tell my clients, be prepared to really face some things that you weren't expecting. Tough, because Tough questions. Tough. Because this is going to transform you, not just the outside. You are going to transform you. And it's possible yeah. for you to have everything you want. You just have to, are you willing to give up the good for the great? Yep. It's so true. So you talk about your daughter, Olivia, which I had the pleasure of meeting <laughs> over at, at our lunch. What is your other daughter's name? Taylor. So Olivia is six and a half and Taylor is four and a half. And I homeschool Taylor in preschool, and then Olivia goes to the first grade at school. That's awesome. What are your messages to your daughter individually? So with Olivia, she is um, a firstborn, very people pleaser, rule follower, wants to make sure that you're happy. Um, wow. my, my advice to her is 
be okay with people maybe not liking you, mm-hmm. not liking what you have to say. Be okay that the decisions that you make, as long as they aren't hurtful to you or hurtful to other people, they're okay. It's okay not to build yourself to be what someone else wants. And I think that she struggles with that. And I, and honestly, like I see my mistakes as a first time parent in her of that, wanting them to always follow the rules, wanting them to be these perfect little angels and being thumb on them all the time. And you see them going, Oh, Oh, I hope I don't get in trouble. I hope this is okay. And where my second daughter, Taylor, is it, I, she's a lot like me. She's very, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, if you want to come along, then we're going this way, but I, I don't, I don't really care if you want to come or not, I'm going to go. And so my advice for her <laughs> is never lose that strength, never lose the strength to believe that what you want is valid and that it doesn't need to be validated by anyone else. Wow. I, I think I made a mistake. I think it was Taylor that I met. Uh, yeah, the littlest, yeah. The littlest one. Yeah. What is your message to Paul? Uh, first and foremost, thank you. <laughs> he is so patient. And, and with him, my, what I share with him every day or every night, we get a chance to talk because we, you know, parenting. Parenting is hard especially together when you're in a friendship with someone and then kids come along and you're like, you have to navigate how to communicate with each other with other things happening. And then you get that small window right before you guys both go to sleep to communicate. My, what I would share with him is bottom line. I love you. At the end of the day, you are our rock, your patience, your, his calmness that he brings to our life, man, what I would do at the end of the day, if I didn't have him just saying, babe, it was a good day. Our kids are healthy. We have a roof over our heads. We pray to God. We have this life together. Let's go do it again tomorrow. So I thank him for his, his grace and his patience. (laughs) That's awesome that he has the patience. And We're like yin and yang. We are opposites. I am very That's quick. So cool. Yeah. So you were a different version of you last time before 20 months ago. What would be the Lindsay now, um, the version of you now would tell your latest version before now? To not give up to not just accept the status quo and go this this is what life is supposed to be and and understand that if you dream it it can be and you just have to believe that it can be real and then do this do the work like yep. work hard don't settle don't be lazy do the work because you can have it you just have to believe believe in yourself that's great Before I ask you the last question, I just want to give you kudos. I commend you for all your hustle, your mother (laughs) hustle. And I commend you for such a bright light in this world and a lot of people. And I know you're going to make an impact, many more impact to many more lives. So thank you for showing up the way that you do. Thank you. It's been so fun to get to know you and get to know your, your community and get to peek inside what mother hustlers are all about and the support that you show everybody. I mean, that's, that is the goal is to be uplifting. Let's lift each other up. Let's not tear each other down. Absolutely. There's enough of that going on. Oh yeah. Tell me about it. Where can my listeners find you and which social media do you usually hang out? Yeah. So I have a Facebook page. You can find me um, at Lindsay Willocks and on Instagram at, at coach underscore lens underscore zero three. Um, I mainly stay on those social media platforms because it's, it's easy to use. Um, and I want to connect with people in a, in an authentic way in that this is my life, good and bad. You don't just get to see the highlight reel. Some days it's about laundry and how it's piling up. And some days it's about how lucky I am to have kids who are fun and adventurous and have that relationship with them. But it is all me all the time. 
and I try to share little tips and tricks to health and being moving toward who you want to be and not just standing still or revolving in a circle and really just evolving. That's wonderful, Lindsay. What is, so last question, what is your definition of the word mother hustler? And when you heard that word, what came to mind? I love this word. Like it, mom, mompreneur is the other word that came to my mind, but mother hustler is somebody who doesn't just say, oh, I'm a mom. It's somebody who understands that, yeah, I'm a mom and I do all those things, but you know what? I am also a woman who is capable and can thrive outside of the home, can thrive inside of the home and go after my dreams and not just settle for just mother. I want to be a mother hustler, go get my dreams, show my kids that this life is worth living if you go out and you just grab it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here again. Have an awesome day and see you around. Hey ladies, I am so excited to announce my new program, The Women's Incubator. It is my brand spanking new Pick My Brain program and it is very affordable. For $20.20 every month, you can pick my brain on an unlimited basis, hosted inside the Facebook group, The Women's Incubator with Kareen Mills. Come join us, come grow with us and grow your impact throughout this next decade. 2020 is your year. This is your decade. It's time to make a huge impact. Visit www.kareenmills.com forward slash TWI. Again, that's www.kareenmills.com forward slash TWI, and I will see you inside the incubator. All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day.